On today's episode of A Story in a Chat, I'll be continuing the conversation about love and its importance in our lives, but this time with a Bollywood flair. It's going to be a good one, so settle in and happy listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Story in a Chat, the podcast where you will hear mine and other perspectives on topics that are important to all of us. I'm your host, Aisha Iqbal, and I wholeheartedly believe that conversations can bring people together in the most beautiful ways. I've created the space to do just that, and I'm really excited to share this next perspective with you today. So let's get started, shall we? Today, I'll be speaking with Sonali Biv, an award-winning author who writes Bollywood-style love stories that let her explore issues faced by women around the world while still indulging her faith in happily ever after. The newest jewel in her collection is Recipe for Persuasion, which is a clever, deeply layered, and heartwarming romantic comedy that follows in the Jane Austen tradition, though with a twist. I reached out to Sonali after going down the rabbit hole of trying to find a book to read that would help distract me from everyday life right now. I was drawn to her style of paying homage to the Bollywood themes I grew up watching against familiar settings experienced in my life today. I knew I had to chat with her to get her perspective on the importance of love. What is the big deal about love? What is it about love that drives people just crazy. Well, that's a really interesting thing because I mean, does it really drive us crazy? It fuels us more than anything else or it gives us whatever joy there is to be had in the world, right? I mean, I I don't really think this whole idea that love has to be crazy is, um, I mean, it's interesting, but is it really crazy to want the things that go with what you just said, right? I mean, when you say it drives us crazy, I think what you really mean is it it wants us to be happy. It drives us toward wanting to feel good about ourselves. And if you wanted to turn it into, I don't want to say man-woman love because that's not what I mean, but into non-platonic, you know, love, then I think all of that comes from our need to feel good about ourselves, our need to be seen, you know, the way we want to be seen, right? I think that's a very, very essential and very natural instinct we we have as humans with our, you know, developed brain. We want to be seen a certain way. And I think when we have, uh, you know, this whole I met this person and there was magic, whether it is friendship or it is, you know, someone you fall in love with. What that experience essentially is, is the experience of feeling that spark because you're seen the way you want to be seen as in the eyes or in the, you know, in the reactions of this other person. So I think the real journey when we talk about finding the person, finding love, all of that, the real journey is finding a form of ourselves that we find lovable enough that it can manifest in someone else's, you know, reaction to us. So it's it's really more uh, complicated than, you know, just your heart. I mean, of course you have a physical reaction, but I don't think you could have a very, you know, desirable physical reaction to someone if they didn't see you 
in a way that you want to be seen or you crave to be seen. So it really is this very personal journey, really, which makes us all sound like narcissists. <laughs> but it also makes us want to be a better person, which is where the narcissism, you know, dissociates from it, disassociates from it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is. That's that's the reason people like to read love stories. That's the reason, you know, at the heart of anything. I mean, when you watch, when whether you're watching a movie, whether you're watching a TV show, we always think in terms of does it have soul, right? I mean, I, you can watch something that someone spent millions of dollars making and has these fabulous production values and this great acting, but we've all watched those things where you walk away from it thinking, this didn't touch me, right? And that touching comes from how that storyteller explored love. You know, whether it was just a spark, like a little something, you just need a little something depending on what genre it is. But I think that's when you're, when you're doing, giving anything meaning, it has to come from a place of love, right? I mean, I, I, there's... Stories are told for two reasons. There's two motivations really in this world. And one is, um, one is love and the other is money, you know? And, uh, and so even with money, anyone who is hungry for money is also really hung- hungry for safety or for feeling good, right? And, and the hunger for money is about something else. It's not, it's not just that number. And I think, um, and somewhere you can trace that back to love again. You know, either you felt unsafe in your childhood and so money gives you safety or, or wherever, every other need, I think, is based in this thing that we call love. So it's pretty, you know, pretty much everything. So it's essentially the driver of humanity, right? And I, and I like what you were saying about that magic that is felt and it's not just in love relationship, man, woman, love, but any relationship that magic is felt when essentially we are accepted or our version of ourselves is reflected in the other person. And you're right. That is narcissistic in a way because it is, it's kind of selfish. Like, Oh, the way I see myself, you see me that way as well, rather than us accepting how, how we are showing up to other people and how they see us right? Because there's kind of a love there too. We need to have enough self-love for ourselves to accept other people's perception of us and be okay, whether it matches what we think or doesn't. That's one way of looking at it. But if you even dig deeper into that, it's all perspective, right? Everybody's looking at you and seeing you based on who they are. And so that's where the magic comes in is, you know, is who I want to be seen as. We have to be at this place where you're able to see me that way. And I'm, you know, so it really is, um, if that were true, if it really was about who you were being, and I don't mean to just take the responsibility off us, that's a separate conversation. But if that were it, then when I meet you and how you see me and I meet X person and how they see me wouldn't be so different. It really has to do with much more than just that, right? I mean, the same action, the same smile, it can be completely uh, interpreted differently based on what that other person is going through. And that's where the magic is that you are 
to people who are in this place, you know, in your own lives, in the universe's life where that connection happens. And, and this is absolutely true, true of friends. This is true of parent-child, right? I mean, you, your relationship with even your children changes over time based on who you are who they're becoming so so love is really about where each person is in their life you know and so i think another way of looking at it is we've all been in a place where we really badly want to find someone right i mean the, the search for the one is something we've all experienced at some point and i've seen that that there is something with that search that has to do with whether you're ready to let that into your life or not. I mean, there's, we all have the friends who are like, I don't understand why I can't find someone. And sometimes we can understand because honey, you're not ready or, you know, and it's not just as obvious as self-sabotage, but it is just being in that place when you really want it or you're really vulnerable to it. You know, it's much deeper than just saying, oh, X, Y, Z matches. I mean, naturally we're not algorithms, but but there's, you know, there's, there's that readiness that has to be there. You have to be in the right place. And I think that's why I think that people make falling in love about the other person, but it really is entirely a inward and selfish journey. So if that makes sense. <laughs> as much sense as it can make for love, right? And it's because you're right, it is so much more than that. And with that, I want to ask, how is Bollywood love, Bollywood's version of love, the same or different? Because if we look at how love is portrayed in those movies like Devdas, right? The, the, the crazed in love man who just spends the rest of his life drowning in alcohol because he couldn't get the love of his life. Or the deep love that we have in the friendships that are shown in movies like Shole, right? That is just like... Those two, they, they, they ride or die with each other. And then pick any movie where we've seen the love of a mother for her child. Like she will go through the, to the ends of the earth for her children. So the Bollywood love that I have seen since childhood is deep and it's passionate. It's almost extreme. But is that different from how everyday traditional love is? I think first, Bollywood is this two-pronged concept right I mean it is it it is and my apologies to people in Bollywood who don't like that term being used I completely understand but let's assume that we're using that term in with utmost respect <laughs> uh, not assume we are using the term with utmost respect but it is really in my mind a style right it is a, a storytelling style and so in that there is a heightened like like the opera is, right? I mean, your emotions as a reader or as an audience member have to be raised to a certain place, right? That is, that's kind of the aim of this particular style is where it, it hits you in the feels, right? That's what we're going for. And all storytelling tries to hit you in the feels, the Bollywood style traditionally is, isn't subtle about it. It's not apologetic about it is what I would say. So if you're feeling a feeling, you're going to feel it, right? In terms of showing it, right? You're painting it in red if it's anger. And so, which doesn't mean it's melodrama. Melodrama happens when you're painting it red in anger, when there's 
kind of no no real reason or motivation to be enraged so really it's not i don't want to call it melodramatic it's just very visible right so the punch has to hit hard so i don't think that the feelings themselves are any different but there's no shying away as in terms of a storytelling style there's nowhere for you to hide it's right there so there is a and i think in terms of communication as a south asian you know culture we tend not to it, it's it's this dichotomy because as a culture we are you know there are things that you don't speak of and there's while there's secrets and stuff the things that you do speak of and love is one of like you know emo- affection in families and things like that it's the style is to not beat around the bush so even as uh, as immigrants when we move to the west we have to learn to translate ourselves and soften that when we interact right otherwise we would just be seen as crazy and i'm always also fascinated by that so if you see a bollywood star or if you see an indian star of any sort or an indian person who lives in india doing an in- interview say with uh, you know a journalist from the west it's really really interesting to see because that entire act of translating yourself has not has not become internalized to people who who live in india and so when that happens it's really obvious how so much of the humor or the emotion or what they're communicating is kind of you know lost and then this thing happens because because immigrants or you know people who are born and raised here it's there's just this automatic taking on of the environment and i think that one of those things that is different is is the the clarity with which we're able to show emotion even though we think we're not doing it i mean there's no there's even in traditional families where there's no not a whole lot of hugging and kissing and you know there's still this i will leave no doubt that i love you my son <laughs> like there is no we, we're not leaving that to doubt and i think that naturally translates into that style of storytelling so it's definitely you know i mean between viru and jain shole you know that friendship and also there's like there's no escaping that friendship it's absolute and now we all have friendships like that but and and they don't they're not always great to each other i mean you know they make fun of each other it's all you know it's it's in no way unbelievable which is one of the reasons that movie endures is that that it's so relatable even though it's so heightened right and so the only thing is in how focused that that love is and our storytelling just focuses really hard now devdas is not one of my favorite stories because dying for love is not heightened love to me it's not even love so that whole thing i mean if you're going to if you're going to drink yourself to death because you couldn't get the person that you wanted i you know that person for one is better off rid of you but, but there's more to that story i know but the point is even with that story even if i don't agree with it the lens is very intensely focused on emotion and i think that you know that's that's just a stylistic thing i don't know if the emotions themselves are different but it's a lens or a brush that is different i'm going to stick with the bollywood theme even for the next question so i remember i was young when i watched kabhi kabhi 
I love that movie. My favorite movie. I can can we just talk about Kabhi Kabhi for the rest <laughs> of the talk about Kabhi Kabhi. I mean, talk about love in every form in that movie. And I'm even so when I was young, it still hit me hard. I did not understand. I really just didn't understand why Amitabh and Rakhi oh, Rakhi why they couldn't marry. And her her wedding day, she is her wedding night, she's singing the song you know amitabh's poetry she's singing it to her new husband and my next question is around we hear that it's better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all and i don't know i mean i i do understand it conceptually because love is just an amazing experience to just have had but when i when i when i still think about kabhi kabhi and i still think about rakhi she never fell out of love with amitabh the rest of her life she she was still in love with him amitabh was still in love with her shashi kapoor we have to imagine that he felt that his wife never truly loved him wholly not as much as he did and what effect did that have on her children right so that's how i'm thinking about this that there was a lack there in terms of love because she still held love for amitabh so that I have a whole different take on that but I'll let you come to the question. <laughs> Please tell me if in that frame is it better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all? Okay, first I'm going to step back to what I think and weirdly enough kabhi kabhi is in this book is in recipe for persuasion because one of the things that I was trying to do so so the story the original story of persuasion Jane Austen's persuasion is that a girl is persuaded out of is persuaded to walk away from love because of familial pressure because her family deems this man not worthy of their name and therefore her name but since this is you know a very patriarchal society it was their name that really mattered and so she gets persuaded into that and then the story is you know 10 years later whenever he kind of makes something of himself and comes back how they find their way back to this thing they had walked away from so that's the original persuasion story and in in my book i kind of was you know of course that's the thing this girl is persuaded out of her high school love and you know now the tables have kind of turned and she on a, she owns a, she's trying to save her father's restaurant in palo alto and so as a last ditch effort to do that she goes on a a uh, food network show called cooking with the stars which is like dancing with the stars but with chef and celebrity pairs and the celebrity she gets stuck with is this man that in high school she was persuaded to dump and he's gone on to become a you know a world cup winning football soccer uh, here football player and he's recently retired and he's he's the celebrity she gets stuck with so it is kind of their second chance story but really what i wanted to play with was what these stories stories like kabhi kabhi stories like hum aapke hai kaun what they and and i adore both films for for many different reasons but really these stories that we as um as south asian and indian women grew up with is this sense that that there is sanctity to marriage that that once you're married you will automatically find happiness if you basically give it a chance you're going to find happiness so what that te- was those stories teach us or what the social message of that story and in my opinion the 
brainwashing message for women is that, you know, your elders, the others in your life, the men in your life know what's better for you than you do. And that there is this whole marriage, the bandhan, right, of, uh, of shadi will somehow automatically bring you happiness. So it is ways to take away your agency. And, and growing up, it always bothered me. So even in Kabhi Kabhi, naturally, you know, th that whole concept, because I think what the filmmaker is saying is that sure, they had this great connection, uh, Amitabh and Rakhi, but when she marries, she is able, because she's a good woman, she is able to then, and she does, she gives her, and we, we as women, have been taught to do this. And we've seen our mothers, our aunts, we've actually seen this happen, each one of us, where you get into this situation and then you make the best of it, right? You give yourself whole. And that's the whole thing that, that, that she, and he says it, Shashi Kapoor says it, he, uh, which is what is lovely about it, is that he is aware that this woman he's married to has not held anything back and even though she came with baggage, she drops it all. She gives herself fully to this family and this marriage. And he loves her for it, which is kind of what is beautiful about that movie. And she does. She kind of, uh, you know, she, she has regret and she feels bad about what happens with, um, you know, with her college sweetheart or her high school sweetheart. But she gives herself fully and then she finds happiness. Right. So that is the story perpetually that we're told but the man doesn't, you know, and that's where the patriarchy is. Amitabh Bachchan goes and gets also marries a lovely woman, but he never lets go of what he didn't get. So he is always operating from a place of privilege, right? That he, having lost once, he refuses to love again. And she, having lost one, goes on to love and makes many and several people happy and has this beautiful family. And he does the opposite. He makes this woman incredibly unhappy because he's never able to do it again. So, so which is why I think it's such an interesting story that was told back in 1970. And of course, there's that whole adoption thing, though, you know, a girl who chooses to go looking for who she is and a boy who says fine if that's what you need to do I'll go along you know I'll come with you but nobody stops her from finding so there was it was ahead of its time in many ways but I think the story that we are told that you know if you put your head down and comply with the wishes of others so compromise, we're taught compromise through these stories. And I'm not really sure I like that. I mean, I'm pretty sure I don't like that. And with this book, the mother, um, the heroine's mother. So it's a two generational retelling of persuasion almost as the exact same thing where she is from this, you know, royal family, well, related to a royal family. So, you know, they consider themselves highborn or whatever. And she's in love with, you know, with a man who is not, um, of that, you know, doesn't, basically, it's not a man that her father chooses for her. And so she's forced into uh, marrying this guy who is uh, deemed correct for her by her family. And she says, no, you know, you can hold, you know, and, and they get her to do it because they hold, have things that, you know, they can, because they have power, but she refuses. She refuses to do what Rakhi did. She refuses to put her head down and comply and she fights and 
Ashna, who is the heroine, her daughter, who's the protagonist, um, is basically the collateral damage of when women take a stand like that. And so she has, the daughter suffers greatly because of, because her mother refuses to comply because her parents have a God awful marriage, right? And so there is that whole thing of what happens when a woman says, I will not, I will do what I, you know, I will be who I want to be. I will be with the man I love. And so, so, you know, of course we pay a price and that's how we're taught not to do it is because we're told too many people will pay a price and do you want that on your head? So I think that, you know, that is more about patriarchy than it is really about love at all. But, but as far as the having loved and lost thing, I'm not sure it's such a relevant question. I mean, of course everyone should feel. So if you asked me, I mean, most of us don't end up with our first big love, right? And there are many reasons for that. One is, you know, you have to be a certain level of stupid, also known as immature and a child, to be able to give of yourself, to still have that level of vulnerability that it takes, to just give of yourself that much and to fall that you know, with that big of a thought. And it's, it's happened to all of us before we're able to build our armors when we're very young. And very few of us get to carry that through into adulthood. Adult relationships naturally are and probably should be, you know, are smarter, are more tempered, you know. But I would feel really bad for anyone who hasn't felt that kind of, you know, craziness. But life is practical. There is another kind of love that we, that, that people in happy long-term relationships have that is, that comes from a place of, you know, every day, of everyday battles and winning and losing them and letting go. And, you know, and so that has more to do with comfort. It has more to do with, again, being seen as who you want to see and the constant be seen as and that constant battle for that. So I think it's more about that. So I think both those are love and both those should happen to people. If I had my way, I would, that would be what I distribute <laughs> to the world. I love that. So I also love that you are healing my inner child Bollywood <laughs> movie scars. So I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you to do it again for this one. So for this I'm question... Thank you. I really appreciate that. So my next question is around the different types of love. So I have, I have a three-year-old, almost four-year-old daughter. And when I became a mother, my heart just changed. The, the kind of love that I have changed. And it's incredible. So I remember another movie, Aradhana, Rajesh, uh, Rajesh uh, Kumar, and uh, Shamila Tagore. So she's in love with him, but he dies. She's pregnant with his child. She has it, but she's not allowed to raise him as his mother, right? She becomes his nanny or his servant. He never knows that she's his mom until like the very end. That is a sacrifice. That's the kind of sacrifice that I never understood. Again, as a child, I'm like, no, that's her. That's her child. Why can't she be his mom? So I'm, I'm so glad you never understood it because again, these are stories, you know, that almost are, were there to tell us 
not to be a bad woman because if you went out and god forbid you know had sexual pleasure with someone you were attracted to your life was going to end in awful ways because he would die and then you would be pregnant and then you'd have to be a servant to your own baby so you know i mean but it's such a snapshot of what our society was you know and what our culture was in this like post colonial highly repressed world and i feel very much like all of these stories all these little things that were we were shown and taught as little girls were all kind of like you know toe the line toe the line don't feel sexual pleasure don't feel attraction like you know all of those is not about the deep love of a mother <laughs> and the, the 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 sacrifices that she's willing to make for her child i mean do you have to make a sacrifice to be a good mom that's what you're taught right i mean constantly bless you for saying that i think you should repeat that one more time for everyone who did not hear <laughs> i will do you have to sacrifice to love your kids i mean you know and and it's lovely you have a so she's 3 you said 4 she she's 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 3 turning 13 i think covid has like <laughs> matured her in ways that i could not have imagined <laughs> but mama i'm here to tell you as a mom of two adult children <laughs> that <laughs> you have good times ahead <laughs> thank you and, um, i'm i'm looking forward love, to it <laughs> yeah and and a mother's love is not always singing arias <laughs> it's often like what was i thinking <laughs> and i kid they're lovely but but yeah no they'll want you to sacrifice your young at some point you know i'm joking but but really like do we does it have to be tinged with pain to be worth it i mean it's painful enough having children i mean man when they make stupid decisions and you have to watch them hurt all of that is painful enough without me having to have lost my life and be their nanny because you know i mean we are their nanny <laughs> anyway <laughs> but but having said that i think you know aradna now it, it's it's all of like this was i mean it was traumatic growing up having to see all of this right and and it did do its work and for the 30 years of my life at least i've been trying to uncondition this crazy conditioning that all of this has you know it's like tentacles in my dna <laughs> it's like having to peel it off you is so hard and it was because that's what you're told like over and over again like a misstep will cost you your life no missteps don't cost you your life you know missteps are life and i wish that time was spent teaching us then any misstep you're going to be fine right but that's not what because if you taught that to everybody you know who has power then right if everybody found out th- that they could just follow their good conscience and or bad conscience and live with the consequences I, there was this big fear like my mom would say this and my mom is um you know is absolutely like not a patriarchal mom but she would say what will happen of society then you know and they would say things like yeah then people won't be married and everybody will be running around with illegitimate children and today we're like and 
<laughs> like, what does that even mean? Like, what is legitimacy? Is a marriage certificate legitimacy? And so I love that our world is now, you know, at, at a place where people should do the right thing because it's the right thing, not because it's a social rule. And so, you know, that's kind of, and, and that's what stories are. It's, it's, you know, it's teaching us who we want to be. It helps, you know, it's us exploring because who we are, you and I, it's these stories that we watched when we were, we were young and how we process that. And, you know, whether we wanted to either be, a, you know, wanted to either re- rebel against them or, if we wanted to be that person. And so it was just, um, I think that so much of that was just training. (laughs) And um, it was not always the right training. So for what it is, it has beautiful songs that Adna does. You know, I've been I've been trying to stop myself from like singing them right now. Like even Kabi Kabi, like the songs just come out. I guess that's a version of love that's just like those tentacles I don't mind in in my brain. For sure. All of it is not bad. I mean, you know, uh, a mother's love is 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 consuming and you know, those parts of it are not bad. It's just that in all of these stories, women are the ones who suffer. You always suffer. Like there is, there's actually, I think the movie is called Suffer, <laughs> which means uh, journey, not suffer. Right. And I might be mixing the name up. I don't think I am. And it's, it's the story of this husband who cannot get a hold of his suspicious nature. So he, you know, he, he's married to this gorgeous woman and he's continuously suspicious of, her, you know, Anytime she so much as looks at another man, this this guy, you know, can't handle it. And in the end, you know, they break up and, and he's miserable. He's miserable. So that's great. That's probably the only Hindi movie I can think of in which a man does something wrong and he's miserable. So he, he kind of is miserable, but she is, everybody is miserable. You know, it's not just, but otherwise a lot of these old stories were, you know, a whole lot of misery unless you were like Rakhi in Kabi Kabi and you said, I refuse to be miserable and then everybody is happy. (laughs) So, so we, so the onus of not being miserable is on us. The choices that we make. So then Sonali, to end this conversation, what would the world look like to you without love? (sighs) Again, I don't even think such a thing is possible because, I mean, what does that question even mean, right? Is it is it possible for us to, you know, I'm not saying that love is everything, but it's just the core of us. So what would even, you know, what would that even be? I think um, that we are as humans going to constantly redefine what that means and you know and and maybe as mothers we will redefine it as not meaning sacrifice in a traditional sense maybe as um, you know as adults we are going to be able to redefine it as not being the same love as when you were 13 or 18 so we as our consciousness grows and as our as we're exposed to more and more we might redefine what it is but the, I, I don't think that humanity could really be without love. There's just, there's just no way. I mean, you know, if that did happen, maybe then we would, you know, love, live in a world with no wars, no feelings, nothing. I mean, I don't know. We would be furniture. I don't know. <laughs> just <laughs> Ikea furniture, no love. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. 
Yeah, I, when I thought about asking that question, I asked that question of myself, like, what would the world look like to me if there was no love? And at first, it it made me a little hopeful, and I'll explain why, because I thought, if we think of yin and yang, right, one has an opposite. If there is no love, then maybe there's no hate, then there's no war, there's no abuse, there's no violence. But then I spoke to a friend of mine and was reminded that hate isn't necessarily the opposite of love, it's right? It's not the opposite of love. Yeah. It would be apathy. It would be apathy. lack of. Yes. So yeah. there could still be wars. There could still be violence because there's hate fuels that rather than lack of feeling or apathy. And so then I, then I had to go back to the drawing board. I was like, okay, I guess that's not what the world would look like. <laughs> Yeah. And, and also, you know, I mean, hate is the flip side of love. It may not be the opposite, but because we're convinced that our love of our land or our love of our people, our love of our God, our love of our thing is, which is the exact opposite of what, you know, what all of these things are trying to do. But because we are, again, stories, because what we're taught since we were you know, since we're born, is that the things we love are worthy of fighting for. And that's where hate becomes the opposite of love. So, you know, I mean, you might be right. If there is no love, then there are no things to protect and therefore there is no hatred and war. Might be true. But all of that is moot because then we wouldn't be humans. And so, you know, then it would be furniture again. <laughs> so furniture going to war, I guess, is <laughs> is, is fine. <laughs> and why would furniture go to war? And why would furniture go to war? Um, <laughs> That's a little ridiculous. But but it is, it's, it, it's, you know, it is something. And that's where I mean that we can all, you know, start to reassess what that means, right? And what, what the stories that we're being taught are saying, you know, what is patriotism? It's a form of love, but how it's being defined and bastardized is a whole, you know, is, is again, very much part of the same discussion. You know, why is, why is a certain kind of life important? Because it's important to a few people because they love what they love. And, you know, and so, so in, in those terms, it is dangerous to misunderstand love. And a lot of our problems in the world today are, from misunderstanding you know weaponizing love yeah yeah weaponizing love yeah is uh, very much the gateway to hate right and so right Tanali, I wish you so much luck on your upcoming book, May 26th. It's coming out. And then thank you so much for indulging my Bollywood side. It's, I, I feel like you have, you have started the therapy that I needed. From my, I, I feel like I dashed a lot of your childhood dreams. So no, these are most like nightmares. I, I, would, I would watch these movies and I just would not understand. And I'm, I'm like, why is that a thing? Like, why do people have to die for something that is so beautiful? I was like, I don't get it. It just, it just didn't so make sense. You can to learn me. your lessons. No, I mean, I have, I have friends who are like, we don't want to watch stuff with you because you just ruin everything for everyone. <laughs> like, I'm ruining it. <laughs> I know it's a storyteller. But Sonali, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. This was very fun. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of A Story in a Chat with me, your host, Aisha Iqbal. I'll be continuing the conversation on love in the next episode with another fascinating perspective. So be sure to tune in. Until then, keep your mind clear and your heart open so you can hear your own truth. Also, if you enjoyed any part of this conversation, please consider writing a review saying as much and share this out as a gift to others in your circle. Toodles! Toodles!